It's Kendrick Oakley here with Real Life Church, and this is our weekly podcast. Hey, enjoy this word. We've been on this uh, topic titled Beyond Sunday. In fact, that is our theme for 2020, is two words, Beyond Sunday. Can you say that? And our focus is going from, we're transitioning from going to church on Sunday to being the church beyond Sunday, okay? And uh, we want to break cultural and religious restraints to step into authentic Christianity. And when we say beyond Sunday, we're not just talking about a day of the week, but we're talking about an entire Western paradigm that has revolved all of Christianity around one day of the week. And if I, can, if I can even go on to say this entire paradigm that actually has reduced Christianity to one day a week. I read the Bible and I read the book of Acts and I see what the church looked like, how it lived and how it functioned in the earth. And somehow in 21st century Western culture, we've taken all that they did and tried to squeeze it into two hours on one day. Y'all can talk to me. This is a talk back church. Amen. We're anointed for that. So this month, what we're doing is we are taking each week this month and we're talking about our focuses for them for this entire year and what we want to see the Lord do. And I'm not going to tell you anything you don't already know this month, but I probably am going to tell us some things that we're not already doing. And that's where the gap is in America right now. We know a lot. I don't believe that we are in need of another sermon. Come on. Amen, that's right. We are in a digital age. You can watch preaching all day long. You have podcasts, you have YouTube, and we are just getting sucked into more and more knowledge. And what that does is it just expands the gap between what we know and what we're actually applying. And in America right now, there is a huge gap. I do not think the church needs another sermon. Nor do I think the church needs a new revelation. But somehow we need to take the simplicity of what Jesus has told us to do. I love Francis Chan when he gives that illustration of giving a command that if he told his daughter to go and clean her room, he would be very uh, confused if the daughter came back and said, I've been studying what you said. I've been meditating all day and memorizing what you said. Listen, clean your room. I've memorized it. I've meditated on it. And then if she went back and she said, oh, dad, I'm so excited because now I invited my friends over and we're all studying what you said. And the room is still a mess. Come on with me. I've learned what you said in Greek and Hebrew. But the room is still a mess. And I feel like that's where we are as a church. We come together. This ain't my message. We got to get going. We come together again and again, and we discuss what he's told us to do, and then we leave and don't do it. So that's the paradigm we're after, is we have to go beyond this Sunday paradigm. We have three steps here at Real Life, love God, grow with people. 
and lead others. If you want to write that down, it's on the screen. Love God, grow with people, and lead others. And that helps us fulfill this mission that we have of raising up whole people for the whole world. We want to raise up whole people, meaning the building of each life from the inside out. We believe in healing and wholeness. We believe that Jesus did not just die to get us to heaven, but he, he died so that we can experience freedom on earth and healing on earth. And then we want to actually not just gather people in a building, but we want this to be an equipping center to send people out to represent Jesus in each of their spheres of society. And we believe that if we do this, if each of us do this, then we're accomplishing that, that we're loving God, and then we're taking a step to grow with people, then we're taking a step to lead others. In fact, if you're here today and you don't want this, you're actually in the wrong place um, because that's the purpose and the function of the church is to disciple, is to make disciples, and this is what we see that being. And um, last week, we talked about our first theme which, theme, which was loving God beyond Sunday. It's on our podcast if you want to go back and listen to it, but we talked about loving God beyond Sunday, the most important message you will ever hear all year because Jesus said that's the most important thing, that we would love him with all of our heart, our mind, our soul. This week, we're going to take a step forward, and we're going to talk about enjoying the kingdom, meaning growing with people beyond Sunday. And I want to hit a few points. Here's the first point I want to talk about in this concept of enjoying the kingdom growing with people. Before we talk about growing with people beyond Sunday, I want to talk about enjoying the kingdom because I've arrived at this place in my faith where I refuse to advance a kingdom that I am not enjoying myself. I think the church does spend a lot of time there. It is somehow we find ourselves trying to advance a kingdom that we're not even enjoying and we're trying to invite people into a kingdom that we don't enjoy ourselves. And we're in this bubble and we're in this kingdom that we've literally been transferred from one kingdom to another and we're still depressed and we're still angry and we're still known as the ones who have the worst attitude on Monday morning at work. Come on. Because I was a waiter at one time in my life and I know that in the back room when church people came in, they fought each other. They said, I'm not taking them. And I was, I was just beginning in ministry at the time, and my heart would break. I would literally break. I believe I was feeling what God felt, that he said, these are the people that are called to change the world, that the whole world is supposed to be drawn to. And in the back, when church people come into the restaurant, they're saying, no, 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 it's your turn. Because somehow church people have become the most selfish people, and we miss the basics of what Jesus told us to do, which was deny ourselves. I'm confused that we've made this about us. We've made, we're, we're in the world and we're supposed to deny ourselves to serve the world and somehow we've made it about us. And if we're not careful, we're continuing to build a church that is revolving around com- consumerism. Can we talk about it? That we come to consume rather than to serve. And so I've been in the world like that, and I'm just waiting for the day where they would fight for the Christians. They'd say, no, 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 you you got them last time, it's my turn, because they know that when they serve the Christians, they're going to be served in return. They're going to get a prophetic word from the Lord. Somehow we believe spiritual gifts stop at the door, but they don't. In fact, the purpose of them is to work out there. That they know that when they serve a Christian table, they, that, they, that all of them are trying to work on Sundays because the reality is encountering Christians on their Sunday shift may be the only Jesus that they encounter. Yeah. 
It may be the only Bible that they encounter, but they should be fighting for the table. They know that they're going to get a word of encouragement. They know that God is going to speak to them, and they know they're going to get a tip. Come on. If we can't demonstrate generosity, we're not demonstrating Him who gave His Son. Oh, y'all ain't with me today. So I made up in my mind I refuse to advance a kingdom that I'm not enjoying. And I, I refuse to advance it with people that I don't like. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm going to hop around until I find people I like. It means I need to deal with myself. That the second commandment is like the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so this journey that we're in, let me tell you this, both sons and slaves work. They just do it from completely different places. We're called to work and labor in this kingdom. But when you understand the kingdom... It's not a duty, it's a privilege. And I just want us to put the footnote here that God has given you permission to not just work for him and live for him, but to actually enjoy him in the process. Is that all right? Can we take a moment right now? Can you just enjoy Jesus for like 25 seconds? Just enjoy, just close your eyes. Some of us have been coming to church and laboring and working and we're, we're missing enjoying him. Some people in the room have been saved for years and have never experienced his peace. We drink of your goodness. You are so good to us. We honor you. In Jesus' name. I think that we're so busy on Sunday mornings that we don't have time to enjoy him. I feel like at times we got to slow down. Is in all the busyness, still yet in Revelation, he said, I'm knocking on the door, trying to get in. Romans 14, 17, just for those who don't believe any of this, says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wow, that is the kingdom. All right, let's talk about the mystery of the body. If you're taking notes, just write down the mystery of the body. Because we have to get a revelation of the body of Christ and what has happened to us spiritually in our salvation. If not, we'll just see the church as a place we go. But we have to understand what has truly happened to us and in us by the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be a member of the body of Christ? So the revelation I want us to grapple with today, is that just cool language? Is that just cool lingo when we say a member of the body of Christ? Or 
is Paul really describing something that has happened spiritually in our salvation supernaturally by the Holy Spirit? What has really happened in this? And I want to I use this to kind of teach this understanding of that there are three baptisms that the scriptures talk about. If you're taking those, just write three baptisms. And I want to just emphasize um, this first one because it puts the rest in context. And in fact, in Hebrews chapter 6, we see that Paul is encouraging the church to go beyond elementary things and to to grow into to mature. And in it, he says we must grow beyond the foundational teachings of of repentance from dead works and faith toward God. And then he says instruction about baptisms. And he uses the plural word there that he doesn't say instruction about baptisms, but he says that there's there's multiple baptisms that we need an understanding of. And here are the three, and we're going to dive into this. Number one, the first one, is the baptism of our spirit by the Holy Spirit into a spiritual body of Christ. The baptism of our spirit by the Holy Spirit. Let me put a footnote there and say you are not your body. You are a spirit being. You live in a body and you have a soul. This has to be taught in the church again. You are not your body You live in a body. That's why the Bible says to offer your body as a living sacrifice. He's saying you have been redeemed as a spiritual being and I've placed you in your body and you are delivered from the power of sin. Listen, but your body is not yet. Your body will one day be delivered from sin, but as of now it is not. And that is your opportunity to worship me. That you take this body of sin Can I just let you know something? Your body is always going to crave sin. It is still under the power of sin, but your spirit is no longer under the power of sin, meaning you now have the ability to tell your body who it's going to serve. So we have to see ourselves as a spirit being, and the first baptism is the Holy Spirit took our spirit and baptized our spirit into the body of Christ. The second one is that our body is baptized into water by the church. And then thirdly, Jesus baptizes us in his Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So the physical water baptism only makes sense once we understand the first spiritual baptism. The water baptism is a public declaration and representation of the spiritual baptism that we have been united with Christ, listen, and joined as one with his body. Everybody say his body. Let's read this together. It's on the screen. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 6. It says, I therefore... The prisoner in the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. I love the word bearing. If we were on a different topic, I would break down that it is actually a spiritual responsibility to bear with people. 
to bear with one another. In other words, it's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be beautiful. We think that it was hard in the world, and when we come into the church, everybody's perfect, so our relationships should be perfect. But I just want to send a reminder right here that we are just a group of broken people who are in need of grace every single day. God is still working on all of us. Therefore, in this context, we, there's going to be moments where it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be hard. But the beauty of it is that we, uh, we work through it by the unity of the Spirit because he's going to go on and give us this command. If we continue in verse 3, he says, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Listen, we do not create unity. The Holy Spirit has already created unity. We have the responsibility not to create it, but listen, to maintain it. So where there is a lack of unity, unity does not need to be created. We need to remove the flesh that is hindering it. He says, Unity and oneness created perfectly already in the Holy Spirit, and I'm charging you to make every effort, do whatever it takes to maintain this beautiful unity. Are you ready in verse 4? There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. He's talking about the first baptism here, that there's one Lord, there's one Spirit, one baptism. There's one baptism by one Spirit, listen, into one body. I know we have thousands of denominations and it seems confusing, but there's one Spirit. We were baptized into one baptism into, listen, how many bodies? There's one body. How many bodies of Christ are in this city. One. We're separated due to location, but there's one body. We were baptized into one body. So here it is plainly that when you gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit rejuvenated your spirit that was dead. You were dead. We were all dead. We came alive. We reconnected to God for the first time. And the Holy Spirit took our spirit and baptized us and made us one with the body of Christ. Now, can you go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12? What I want us to see is that when you become a believer and you're baptized, this is not you just joining an organization. This is not, this is not you joining a Jesus fan club. This is not you joining a social event or a social club. This isn't just, I have my own life, but I attend somewhere once a week. This is not joining a brand or an organization. Something spiritually has happened because there was a time where there were no church logos. Come on, that's right. There was a time where there were no church websites. There was a time where there was no confusion of what we're actually joining. But I want us to see in 1 Corinthians, we're going to dissect this just a little bit. Chapter 12, because Paul is trying his best to articulate this truth.
Are you ready? Let's begin in verse 12. This is going to be really good. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into what? Uh Jews and Greeks, slaves are free, and all were made to drink of the one spirit. Verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. Now, I know we look at that and it doesn't hit us like it needs to because it's an illustration, but we do that all the time. If, If the foot, he's just using an analogy. If the foot shall say to the hand, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would, listen to this, that would not make it any less a part of the body. You are one with the body whether you feel like it or not. He's saying if the hand gets an attitude and says, oh, I don't belong, it doesn't make you any less belonging. It doesn't make you any less one with the body of Christ. Then he goes on in verse 16. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were a preacher, uh oh, an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were a worship leader, I mean an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Oh, this is my favorite verse. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Uh Uh-oh. God has arranged each of us as members of the body as who chose? When I don't see my place, when I don't step into my place, and when I don't like my place, you are mad at no one but him. He has arranged in the body members as he in his sovereignty has chose. Verse 19, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Uh Uh-oh. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. I believe we must step into a revelation of our need for one another. Real life church, if you think I am the only one you need, you're missing the point of all of this. You probably don't actually need me that much at all. We need a revelation of the power of the body of Christ. What you need many times will not come from this pulpit. And it definitely won't come from counseling session with us. I'm not good at counseling. I'm just going to ask you how much of the Bible have you read and are you praying? And that's just going to be the end of it. If you haven't done that, let's just start there. I'm just... (laughs) I am not going to be on the mountain and come down and tell you what God is saying. We're going to hear him together. If you want counseling with me, we're going to take the whole hour and pray together until we hear from Jesus. It's probably why no one comes. I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> no one comes to us for counseling. <laughs> what I'm saying is what you need from many of us in this room is not going to come from us. It's going to come from the person next to you. The Lord may put it in your heart. You don't, you don't need him today. You need to call such and such. Because if we begin to activate the body of Christ, they may have the prophetic word for you. Amen? I love the body. What, what verse are we in? 21. I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker or indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body. I love this. He's saying that visibility and all of that, it doesn't really matter because if, if we could see each other's hearts, I'd be disgusted. I don't want to see your organs. But you would die without them. And he's saying that there's members of the body that may not be that visible, but they are the most important. We, not, we might not see the heart beating on the stage, but he's saying if it's not for those members of the body, this whole thing dies. That they, that they receive more honor because of their importance. And then he says in verse 26, if one member suffers, uh-oh, all suffer together with it. If one rejoices, one rejoices with it. That's not just, oh, if one person's going through you know, struggles, then we all go through struggles. That's not, that's, I don't just see that like that. I, I, think, I think it can also mean that, that when you aren't in your place and functioning, when you're struggling, it affects all of us. Because we are all one body and we together are depending upon your functionality. That's how God has made this. When, when a, a member of the body just says, no, I'm, not, I'm just going to, no, I'm going to do my own thing. What if your foot decided to do that this morning? Y'all got to come with me? Nah, I'm not feeling this today. I'm just, mm -mm, nah, I'm just going to do my own thing today. You wouldn't have been able to walk here. No matter how smart you are, no matter how strong your heartbeat is. Have you ever stubbed your toe? Like nobody thinks about the pinky until they hit it. Like, nobody wakes up in the morning, thank God for my pinky toe. No, you don't even think about it. But when it suffers, come on, you got to come with me today. Oh, the whole body suffers with it. We have to get a revelation of the body of Christ. That this, we are one. We are connected. Y'all flowing with me? Yes. So what does this mean to be a member of the body of Christ? It means that you've given up your independence and your life will no longer make sense by yourself. Your life and purpose now as a member of the body only makes sense in the context of the body. Y'all with me? Many of us are struggling because we're trying to make sense of our life and purpose and we're disconnected. 
It's like my heart saying, I'm just going to beat over here today. Just a, right? Over here, away from the body. Number one, it's not going to beat because it's not connected to the head that's going to tell it to beat. Can I say it's impossible to be connected to the head outside of the body? Uh-oh. Catch it. I love Jesus, though. I just, I don't do the church thing. Okay. You want to cut his head off. It's impossible to be connected to the head outside of the body. So the heart stops beating because it's not connected. And, and it loses its purpose. I'm just going to beat over here. And then it doesn't realize that the only reason why it was beating was to send blood to all the other organs. You absolutely have lost your purpose outside of the context of everybody else. I know we're in America and everybody's trying to find their own purpose. But in the body of Christ, you can't find yours if we don't. <laughs> it is all connected. I know this is anti-American. I don't care, really. Because we need a fresh revelation. We need to swim against the current to get a fresh revelation of the body of Christ. Water baptism becomes an outward declaration of, of what now has happened in the life of a spiritual work of the Lord. It's the identification with Christ and his burial, but it's also that I've been baptized into a body. My life is no longer my own. Many, many today are, are getting rebaptized because they've grown in a revelation. I believe the revelation we need in this baptism it is not just, oh, it's me and Jesus. I need you to see that the call is, is to lay your life down for Jesus and now for the body. Right. That, that, that I'm coming out of the water, listen, and my independence stays in the water. Uh-oh. My isolation stays in the water. I'm laying down my purpose. I'm laying down all of it because now my life is given to Christ in his church. My life is now one with the body. If you're taking notes, point number two, right, our need for the body. God has made it in his genius that none of us can do this alone. He did it on purpose. When you feel overwhelmed and you feel like you can't do it by yourself, ding, 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 that's God's purpose. He's made it that he has hidden our peace, our purpose, our healing in the body of Christ. John says to confess your sins to him and he's faithful and just to forgive you. James then comes in and says, but confess your sins to one another so that you may be healed. I remember when I was struggling with, with my sexual addiction years and years and years and just falling and falling and falling. And there was this one evening where I was, I was praying and I needed to be forgiven again. And the Lord said, if you confess this to me, I'm going to forgive you again. I'm faithful and just to forgive you. But if you want to be healed, you need to tell the church. They don't like that on that side. It, it, literally, he wasn't forcing me. He said, um, I love you either way. It's your decision. Yeah. 
Do you want to be forgiven or do you want to be healed? Because it's going to be different pathways. And many of us are stuck in that place where day after day we're forgiven, we're forgiven, but you have yet to open up your life to anybody. He has locked your healing on the inside of the body of Christ. He's still a healer, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. But I have yet to see with my own eyes Jesus come in and heal anybody. Healing flows through his people. I had to make a decision. He would have loved me either way. But I reached this point in my life where I said, I cannot continue in this cycle. I need healing. I need healing. Open my life up to my leaders. Open my life up to real life church. They found out all the mess. Just repented about everything. But you're a pastor, and I need Jesus. Paul said, I'm not going to preach to others and myself be disqualified. No, uh you got the wrong one. I'm going to find Jesus myself. <laughs> and we put the microphone down, and for eight months, we sat in the front row, immersed ourselves in the body. Because that's where healing was. We have to embrace our place. That's the third point. Embrace your place. You have a place. God has arranged this. He has arranged this. He has a place for you. Notice I did not say position. It's hard in America to see a place without a position. We don't have a position, so we don't feel like we have a place. But a place and a position are much different than one another. You have a place. That eight months that we sat down, took the position away, we still had a place. Are you, oh, come on with me. You have a place and no one else can replace your place. No one else is you. You have a unique place. And can I give you this little forewarning? When you see Jesus, he's going to ask you about your place. He's going to say, what about your place? Well, it's just every church just did not have what we need, and so we were just struggling. Which I don't know. Okay, cool. I, that's the, but what about your place? What about who I called you to be? What about what I called you to do? Is going to be the conversation. Ephesians four fifteen through sixteen. I want to read this for you. Maybe on the screen, he says, "Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of His body, the church." He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Can we say that together? He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Can we say the next part? As each part does its own special work, we might as well read the whole thing. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Can we start in verse 16 and read it again together? He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Pause, think about it. Comma, continue. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I just love the word. This is amazing. He makes it fit together perfectly. We are not trying to make nothing happen. As each part does its own special work that only it can do, the body of Christ grows. The body of Christ becomes more and more healthy. Your function affects all of us. 
because you are a part of us. We are connected as one. Dontre, come up here for a sec. You were the closest one. Lift your hands and worship. All right. What you do affects us. <laughs> Did you feel that? Uh, yes. <laughs> Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Welcome to real life. This is... Do you feel that? Yes. But it's, your, it's just your arm. Yeah, it is. It hurts? You feel it down here? Yes, I do feel it. You feel this? Uh, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> you feel that? Yeah. You feel this on the kneecap? Yes. Is there anywhere I can... Do you feel this? Yes. What, what about the ankle? Yeah, I feel it. What about the... I'm just getting angry out. I'm just... Been, I've been wanting to do this to him for a long time. So lift your hands, boy. This is an illustration. That's all we're doing. You feel that? Anybody else want to get in the line? Just Is anybody? April's not here today. Is anybody? Come on, come on, mama. Come on. Lift your hands, boy. You feel it on the elbow? The fingers? The ears? The nose? When the whole, when one member suffers... There's not one place. Don't sit down. We're still going in this bad boy. Take, come here. Let me just check you out for a second. This is the revelation of the body of Christ. There's not one place I can hit. I ain't seen you in a while. Where you been at? Huh? We don't do this every Sunday, y'all. This is just an illustration. That's all this is. There, there's not one place on your body that I can hit that you don't feel. Can I tell you, as a member, no matter how insignificant you think you are, your life affects all of us. So let me end by saying this. We're called to grow with people beyond Sunday. You good? All right, cool. <laughs> Oh, shoot. That felt, I feel good. Huh? <laughs> that was a move of the Spirit. You cannot grow in your identity and purpose without growing with the body that you are now a member of. We're not called to just go to church on Sunday. We're called to grow with the body through the week, and then, oh, yeah, we're going to all be together on Sunday. But it looks like us growing together. And this is the step for some of you, because there's a step for all of us this year when we're saying beyond Sunday. Maybe it's loving God beyond Sunday. Maybe it's this step right here that you've never grown with people. You've never said, okay, I'm going to open up my life. I I'm, going, I'm going to get connected. I'm going to have some friendships. I'm going to enjoy the kingdom with people, not just show up on Sunday and serve. Are you all with me? Those are my favorite moments together. We celebrated King's Kids last night and the teachers, we just hung out. We just, those are my favorite. There was no agenda. We didn't talk about church because we are the church. We played games. We act silly. We enjoyed the kingdom with one another. Let me tell you, some of you are missing that reality of the body of Christ. You come to our house, I'm going to have my feet on the couch. We're going to just do us. Because we're going to enjoy this kingdom while we advance it. You come for a counseling session, I'm going to lean back.
put my feet up. We can advance the kingdom, but we're going to enjoy it together. Yeah. Positions aside, yeah. we're going to enjoy friendship, yeah. and we're going to walk this out. Yeah. And that's the call that we're talking about this focus for this week is growing with people beyond Sunday. We don't have a life track in, in, in the spring purposely so that we can all focus on life groups. And it's really my vision to have light, like house churches. And then, oh, by the way, we also gather on Sunday. But in, throughout the week in homes, there's Bibles on laps and there's prayer. And there's just a community of people that are growing together in that, encouraging one another and growing together, opening up their life. And by the way, we want to see you on Sunday too. But that's the way that this is to look. And some of you have been hesitant because opening your life up to people may be the hardest thing you ever do. There's fears. You're used to doing it alone. No one knows a lot of areas of your life. You've never shared your weaknesses. You've never shared your struggle. If I'm in a church, there needs to be at least three people that if I lost my mind, they know where to find me. <laughs> who, who are those people in your life? That if you just, lose, you just throw away all the religion, you just throw all the and you lose your mind, do they know where you would be? That's where we must get as the body of Christ. We're going to enjoy baptisms. And I want us to see a new revelation. That it's not just them and Jesus. They're going to come out of the water and, and they're going to be demonstrating for us as they come up that they've been baptized into the body of Christ. They have a place, they have a function, they have a purpose. What does this mean moving forward? It means that, it means that if I can give you some points, it means that, that you need to begin to open up your life to community. Can I say it very plainly? Stop just attending a Sunday event. That was never God's purpose for his church. Open up your life and grow with the body of Christ. What does it mean? What does it mean practically? It means get some friends here. Do life with people throughout the week. What does it mean practically? What does it mean? It means join a life group that are launching in a few weeks. By the way, signups are going to begin this week. You'll be able to find a group, a time, an evening. We have amazing leaders. We train, we raise up as people go through the life track. And there's a home for you.